Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hello, everybody. My name is Todd Krieger. I am a marriage and sex therapy uh, expert. I help couples, tens of thousands of couples I've helped over 30 years to help them have thriving relationships, whether they needed to rekindle passion or they needed to heal from a crisis such as infidelity. So I, I want to ask you this question. Is your marriage falling in the trap of feeling like you're two ships passing in the night? You might fall into that or know uh, a couple close to you that that is the case. And if that's the case, that's what this is about. All right. So in this broadcast, I'm going to cover, you know, why you're feeling lonely and distant from your partner. I'm going to cover how to feel like you matter and that you're significant to your partner. I'm going to cover the three most common mistakes couples make in their relationship. And lastly, I'm going to talk about how to start becoming open when your natural reflex might be to become more closed, because becoming closed, in whatever way we become closed, and I'll talk about that, is when we start to create distance and we become two ships that uh, pass through the night. So let's start with why you're feeling lonely and distant from your partner. And uh, what we want to talk about here is, number one, our role models, our parents, our grandparents, they have not taught us how to connect in healthy ways. We haven't seen, most of us haven't seen parents who have this relationship in the long term where they feel close to each other and connected. It's not their fault. It's just where we're at in terms of evolution as couples. And the good news is that we are not limited by our parents and what they have uh, had to uh, know and, and learn and deal with. We can go beyond our parents. That's the great news. We can. But our role models fall short. We don't know also how to stay connected through pain. Once again, our role models haven't taught us how. For example, something I've said to many couples is how many of us have seen, for example, mom says to dad, I am so angry at you right now. And dad leans over in his chair and says, okay, honey, I'm here for you. Tell me about it. Why are you so angry? What, what's going on? Right? It sounds crazy to some of us because we can't imagine it. But that is exactly what has to happen. And without that, we are going to be lonely. Because if I can't share my feelings with you and you're not there to tune into me and get me, I am going to feel alone in my marriage. That's why a lot of people do feel alone, and it's worse sometimes than feeling being single, because when you're single, you don't have that person to disappoint you and frustrate you, whereas we have that. But like I said, our role models have not taught us how, so 
it's easy to get hard on ourselves or hard on the partner. Truth is, we have a lot that we can learn and to evolve from. And that there is hope. I've helped thousands, tens of thousands of couples blaze new trails so that they can have the kind of connected relationship, even through pain, so that they can get to the good stuff again. The pleasure, the romance, the sex, and all that. Also, uh, the other reason why you might be feeling lonely and distant is that intimacy is about vulnerability, and vulnerability has risks, and uh, we protect ourselves. We protect ourselves, for example, uh, fear of rejection, fear of being abandoned, fear, you know, fear of uh, losing ourselves in the relationship. Could be a lot of fears, fear of being uh, seen as not good enough. So what we do is we protect ourselves in a myriad of ways, which I'll go into, that leads us to feel like those two ships passing through the night, which leads us to feel very alone, very lonely, and not very significant. So how can you feel like you matter? How can you feel significant? Important question. Well, you will feel significant and that you matter when you feel free to express yourself to your partner and still be accepted. That's very important. That is when we feel most connected and the least alone. Think about it. When you're with friends and you feel like you can express yourself fully, your friends are there for you, and hopefully you've had that experience, you don't feel alone. You feel supported. These are your people. These are your people, not just because they do what you do, they like to do it. Like if you all share a certain hobby, that's all great. But your people, where you don't feel lonely, where you feel part of things is when they get you, when you can be yourself. And that is so crucial. So we, when we have that with our partner, it's, it's wonderful. It, it is. And you do feel like you matter and you do feel significant. The other thing is, is related to this, is that your partner seems to be able to tune into you. The word I like to use is attunement. Attunement. It's like when you're a mom or a dad and your kid is upset and you, you, you get them and you, you speak to them in a way that they feel it. Like if they're sad, you go, I know you're sad. Come over here. Let me hold you. Or if they're excited about something, yeah, that's exciting. They, there's an attunement between the parent and the child. And the child, this is actually very important for the child. It's very important for the child to feel like, you get me. The child starts to trust themselves and trust their experience, and uh, they feel secure. In intimate relationships, it's very similar. And when you, your partner starts to develop the skills to tune into you, no matter what you're feeling, that's going to help you not feel alone. And of course, it's two-way street. You would have to do the same for your partner. The other way to that has, the thing that has to happen for you to feel like you matter is that your partner can flex for you. That um, even when it's inconvenient, that your partner might yield to you. That's not giving in. We'll talk about that. Um, but uh, that's just flexing. It, it is. If my wife uh, says to me, "Hey, let's go to Coles together on a date. Let's make it a date, you and I. We, you know, because I need to go." I'm not very excited about that, I guarantee you. Nothing against Kohl's. This shirt's from Kohl's. Probably got it when I was with my wife. But it's not a very exciting date. 
But um, as a matter of fact, I think my pants, which I won't show you right now, my shirt and my shoes are all from Kohl's. But I'll do it because she's into it and I'll flex. Now, maybe I won't do it if I have a big project I'm working on or something like that, but that I'm willing to flex. Uh, we do need to let the person know uh, that they're significant, and sometimes it re just requires flexibility. So it requires for that person to be able to feel like they can express themselves and be accepted, that the partner is attuned to them, and that the partner uh, can flex for you sometimes and make you feel important. So what are the three most common mistakes that get in the way of all these good feelings? This is uh, kind of the crux and the core of what I want to talk about with you. The first is that we slip into a parent-child relationship pattern. What I mean by that, and I am telling you that just I see this everywhere. Like I would say just about 100% of couples fall into it. You may resonate with this immediately, but if you don't think about it, okay, that you start to feel like you're either the parent or you're the, or the child. So there's two kinds of parent-child patterns, mother-son and father-daughter, typically. And so if you're in this parent-child pattern, the person in the child role gets the sense, you're always trying to tell me what to do, or you're trying to restrict me, or I need your approval all the time or I have to please you, or I need to rebel against you. So, of course, rebelling and compli the compliant child or the rebellious child is still the child, okay? And so there's this dynamic that this person who sl that slips into the child role. Likewise, the person in the parent role can slip into it. It's not a conscious thing. And what I hear from people in the father role or the mother role, the parent role, they'll say things like this. I feel like I have another child. I have two children, but really I have three. Or I just have to watch every move he makes, or she. Or I feel like I got to do everything around here. Okay, so there's this kind of uh, managing role. So let me give you a, a, an example of this mother-father pattern, and then an example of the father-daughter pattern. So the one example might be that you have this and I've had this happen with me, that the, the guy comes in or the couple comes in and the husband says, well, I knew I was going to be in trouble. I was 10 minutes late coming home from work and I didn't tell her that I'd be 10 minutes late. I knew I'd be in trouble. And I go, in trouble? How could you be in trouble? Well, she gets mad. Okay, so when she's mad, she's mad. But why are you in trouble? Well, the reason he says those words is because he has slipped into that child role of giving her, projecting onto her this authority. And he's like the kid that's getting punished. Not really what the relationship truly is about, but it feels that way to him. Because in real life, she's just angry or frustrated or disappointed or whatever. So that would be an example of that, you know, or, or another example of the mother-son pattern where it would be where the person says, you know, she... He's, he's, he's constantly just thinking about himself, surfing all the time, okay, now flexing, right? Uh, doing what he's got to do. I work also, and yet I'm home at night. I have all the responsibility for the children. An example of a father-daughter pattern that I've heard before would be the, the man, the husband is saying, 
you know, I work, I make a good living, and she's out there spending money all the time, just spending, spending, spending. And I talk to her, and she goes, you're so controlling. It's the one area where I could just say, screw you. Okay? It's like, it sounds like a rebellious teenager. And that's really what we're talking about, is that, that uh, father-daughter pattern. So this, this pattern uh, leads to more dis- distance. It could lead to more distance. And uh, definitely a disconnected feeling. So what we have to do is we have to learn to be to find that inner adult, so that we could uh, have that adult to adult pattern, where I don't project onto you. You're my father or mother or daughter or son, and and uh, we treat each other differently. Otherwise, we become these walking self-fulfilling prophecies. The more I treat you like, the more I come from the mother in me the more I evoke the son in you. The more you come from the son in you, the more you evoke the mother in me. And the same goes for father-daughter. So that, that one of the things I do in my, in my therapy with my uh, uh, downloadable programs is help people slip out of those patterns so that they are free to be all of who they are and free to evoke the best in their partner. Okay, so that was number one, common mistake number one. I want to spend a little time on that. Common mistake number two, you're terrible listeners. And we're terrible listeners because our parents were terrible listeners. When it came to things of the heart, when it comes to matters of the heart, when it comes to emotions, when it comes to frustration and those kinds of feelings, we have a difficult time listening to that. What we do is we become immediately tension reductive. So if I have tension, I've reduced my tension. In this category of talking with two ships passing through the night, one way to reduce tension is to just flight. There is fight, but in this case, I'm talking about flight, where we withdraw. There's many ways to withdraw. We can withdraw by just physically withdrawing and, and avoiding the presence of the partner. It could be emotionally shutting down. It could be tuning in and vegging out in front of all our screens that we can look at. It could be having an affair, even. There are all kinds of ways people flight uh, rather than listen. And it's their way of reducing tension. So when one or both of you uh, reduce your tension by flighting, by running away, by avoiding conflict, then we have the two ships thing. So what we have to learn how to do is to develop the emotional muscle to listen. If you think about a gymnasium, when you go to a gym, you have a trainer. That training helps you develop muscle, heart muscle when it comes to cardiovascular exercising. And then with weight training, it could be a variety of muscles that you're working with. And we know that to develop emotional muscle, you need to endure some discomfort. In other words, you're not going to build muscle of any kind if you're living in your comfort zone at the gym. Well, likewise, I'm a trainer for helping people develop emotional muscle. And the best gymnasium I know of to develop emotional muscle is your intimate relationship. That's the one that triggers you the most. That's the one that evokes the most pain. And that's the one where we have the most opportunities to learn how to go from terrible listeners to excellent listeners. In order to do that, we need to learn how to be uh, not so tension reductive. Okay. So the third thing I wanted to talk about is we need to prioritize slowing down. That's the third mistake, that we don't prioritize slowing down. 
So one is the mother-son and father-daughter pattern. The other is with terrible listeners. And the other is we don't slow down. The only way we're going to work on our own knee-jerk, the attention and reductive responses is to slow down by ourselves, to give us some time to sit, contemplate our navel, to meditate, but also spending time together, connecting with each other, slowing down. If we don't slow down, our old habits will run the show and nothing will change. So we really need to slow down. It's the only way to begin practicing getting more attuned to your partner. When I talk about attunement, it's the learning to give and take in terms of communication. It only happens when you set aside time to slow down. Very important. Not slowing down keeps you avoiding the very things that as long as you avoid them, you're going to keep having the same problems. You're going to have keep having the same, and ultimately those two ships continue to be two ships that pass through the night. We don't want the two ships to collide, but we don't want them to be two ships passing through the night. We want them to somehow connect. Now, also about the, the priority of taking time, we also haven't had the role models for that. So it always goes back to the role models, you know, that our role models, our parents, they didn't really value slowing down. They didn't really think about it. Of course, they might've gone on their dates here and there, but I'm talking about a consistent setting aside time, slowing down. If we don't do that, it's a block to uh, the results that we want in the relationship. The last thing on this Facebook Live that I want to talk about is how to start becoming more open when your reflex is to close. Okay, that We have reflex. We have a part of our brain, the amygdala, that is there to help us survive. And so when we're on the th a threat, we fight a flight. Here I'm talking about flight for this. So how do we do that? How do we become more open? The first thing is awareness. We have to become aware of our reaction to closing. We have to be aware of what we do. Does my chest close? Does my belly get, my abdomen get tight? Does my facial muscles get tight? Does my breathing, you know, get uh, awry? Do I hold my breath? What am I doing? What is my fear response? It's really important to be aware so to develop some body awareness. And then secondly, we want to become more emotionally aware. We become curious about what is it that I'm fearing? What am I afraid of? Am I afraid of being rejected? Is that why I close down? Am I afraid of being dominated? Is that why I close down? Am I afraid of abandonment, of being shamed? You know, we got to look inside ourselves and become aware of what might be going on. And that's the only way I believe. To, to start opening because that gives us choices. And the third thing then is, so, okay, we got a bodily awareness, what happens, our emotional awareness, and then ultimately we have to make a decision. And the decision is to practice taking the risk of being vulnerable in the face of your fear. And just like going to the gym and working on it when you just want to retreat and take it easy and be comfortable, here's where you explore, you enjoy, in a sense I'll even say enjoy the the, the challenge of opening and being courageous rather than fear running the show. So that's what I wanted to talk about. There'll be other Facebook lives I'll be doing now. I do want you to look at the, the, the words I have there and click on the link. Take the Divorce Proof Your Marriage quiz. It's, a, it's an interesting quiz. It could be very helpful. And I just wish you the best so that you are not two ships passing through the night but that you are two people that see this as an opportunity for personal growth as well as couples growth. So thank you. Until next time, 
This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. Thank you for tuning and listening to today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and be sure to visit www.toddkrieger.com for more resources that will help you get the love you want and for back episodes of the show. 